Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. I Y K Y F, whatever. I Y K Y K, Ayan. If you know, you know. I was actually trying to remember these letters and I was I keep asking, why did you entitle the series IYKYK? You know, for an older man like me, it's so difficult to just get IYKY. Who does those things? But the younger generation, this week and next week, we will be talking about campus ministry. The campuses around us is actually... In the heart of God as well. Well, not the campus per se, but the people inside the campus. Would you join me with me this morning as we journey the first part of our service. Of our service, the first part of the series on focusing on the campus um, ministry that we have. You know, victory that does not only reach out to old guys like me. They also reach out to young guys like your children. And I am so uh, interested as we go along, just looking at the number of people we are here this morning, who are here this morning. Medyo mixed tayo. We are uh, composed of older guys like me, those who are born in the, never mind, and born in the younger, younger years of your life. And I visited some, uh, some of you this week, and the conversation in your home is so interesting. The father would talk about his view about his son. You know, I want to give everything. I want to give everything that I want and uh, everything that I earn so that my son will be okay. And I'm listening. It's like, wow, I wish he is my dad. I wish this man is my dad. But, you know, more than this man's, heart for his children. Do you know that God has a heart for the younger generation from the very beginning? Unfortunately, we don't know. If you know, you know. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know how to relate to the younger generation. In fact, we are a little bit scared. We live with them in our homes, yet we kind of don't understand how they think, how they feel, what is going on in their mind. Why is that? Why can't we relate to the younger generation? So this morning, my goal is that we will be able to understand a little bit of the younger generation that lives in your home and what the Word of God says about them, the heart of God, and what we can do to bridge, to be a blessing, to bring them closer to the very heart of God for them. So, this is for all of us this morning, right? So, let me just, uh, have you heard of the Gen Z? Which some of you is like scratching. Why did they entitle the generation Gen Z? When I was growing up, there was no, there was no label of my generation. The label at that time is Woodstock. You understand Woodstock? Oh yeah, come on! Right? That's the label of my generation. Now, there is a definition of Generation Z, according to studies, and this is a compilation. Thank you, Pastor Ian and our campus ministry who have put together some information about 
the Gen Z. I don't really understand, so I have to send them a message. How do I understand these people? So, some, some information this morning. Sabi dito, they are born in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Approximately 20 years, 23 years old and below. So, if you are 23 years old and below, this is you this morning. Right? So, you are looking at the 23-year-old and below, and you are a little bit scared on how to relate to them. And there's about, well, this was, this was put together, Tamamba Pastor Ian, three years ago. So, this is a three years old information, but at least the closest, because remember, the last two years, nothing happened in the world. We all stayed in our homes. So, this is a recent information. 8.2 million junior high school students are part of this. So if you have children who are in junior high school or, or lower, that's them. 2.8 million senior high school. I'm more interested on in how they think. Now, example of what, how they think. They view their peers as competitive, spontaneous, adventuresome, and curious. I like that. I like that they are thinking, oh, this is, everything in life is competition. Who gets the most handsome guy in the class? Who gets, ganun naman yun, di ba? Pag maliliit pa. Uh, that's the competition. I'll get this girl, no matter what happens. And they don't think of billions. I'll get millions. They think, oh, I want to be friend. I want to say hi to that person. They filter more about sharing their beliefs and so on and so forth. But what really struck me here is that they, they have an eight-second attention span. How do you communicate if they have an eight-second? Pag sabi mo palang good morning, wala na, tapos na ang araw mo. Right? Eight-second. This is extreme. But also, remember this, and pay attention to that. I'll, I'll move to my second slide about religion. How the Generation Z thinks of Religion. Here's interesting. Generation Z is more skeptical of organized religion and other spiritual endeavors. However, they are more open and less judgmental on the content that they have yet to try. If you pay attention to that, that's kind of nice. If you can pass the eight seconds uh, opportunity to talk to them. Minsan, when you look at them, tapos na, no? Eight seconds. <laughs> In English, you try to relate to your children, but you don't know. And then it says, 25% consider themselves pious and religious. I kind of like that. We never thought, I think my generation never thought about that. Everything we did was go against religion at, at least what I thought my generation was. I don't really represent my generation. I'm a lost generation. Anyway, have that. Let's put that on the side. When you look at them, it's like, wow, this generation is hopeless. This generation, because you're trying to compare their generation to your generation. So this morning, I'd like for us to start, and I kind of disagree on some of the labels that this uh it's a combination of different resources. I kind of disagree because that's the label that someone who is good in writing put publicly about Generation Z. Now, I also 
the reason why I beg to disagree is because I'm coming from the perspective of the heart of God for the younger generation. Psalm 78 verse 8, it says, and the reason why they are canal hopeless is because the Bible says they are a stubborn, rebellious generation. A generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. My generation was the same. Their generation will be the same without God spoken in that generation. So I want us to understand that when we say we change the campus, we change the world, ang pinanggagalingan where we are coming from is to communicate the heart of God not just in the campuses per se, but on the students that goes to those campuses that they themselves will change the generation and they will change a family that will change a barangay that will change a nation and eventually change the world one day. That's the vision we have this morning. So why don't you stand with me this morning as we read the word of God? If you know, you know. This is what the title of the series that we have this morning. I'm giving you just that as an introduction of where we will be going this morning. Psalm 78 verses 1 to 8 is where we will be reading this morning. This series is entitled, the title is Impart Faith and Hope. Definitely to who? To the younger generation. Let's read it this morning. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from the, their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children. Verse 6, it says, The next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Verse 8, And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the reading of your word. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts this morning, that you would allow us to encounter you through your word this morning so we could apply it in our homes, in our hearts. Lord, in every aspect that we can apply your word, Lord God. And this we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. All right, are you with me this morning? So we will talk about the generation that we don't normally know that lives in our house. We will look at the Word of God that would help us bridge between a generation that we are struggling with. And then we will look at the future that God has dreamed or the heart of God for the next generation. I have divided these eight verses into three. And... 
If you only would go home and get this, this is the division of my message this morning. Teach God's word, tell his wonders, and hope in God. And allow me to journey with you this morning on these three divisions of the eight verses that we have this morning. We'll start with verses 1 to 3. Now, interesting, the author of this particular psalm is Asaph. He is, or this person, I'm not quite sure if it's a he or she, but this person is a leader, and most of the time, the leader at that time is a he. So, pagpalagay na lang natin, but we are in a generation who's very particular with, with uh, female and male. So, this person, the leader of David's, well, he's a Levite, he's a leader of the worship, and he wrote this, and the, the, the recipient of, of this are the Israelites. And this is what he said, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Very interesting, when you teach the Word of God, normally, we would listen. But why did he say give ear? Maybe he, we are just like that generation. You are listening to pastor, but you are not listening to me. You are thinking of something else. Right? So, very interesting. I want to highlight this this morning. It says, give ear, O my people. And then there's, similar to that, it says, incline your ears. Now, things that we have heard, what are the things that they have heard? In their context, when they talk about the things that they have heard, they talk about the stories that was passed on from generation to generation. What God did. Most of the time when they say the teachings that they would hear are the Ten Commandments, are the law that is passed on. There's no Bible at that time. So they would listen. They would have a time together. In fact, as a community, they would come together and listen to the Word of God passed on from generation to generation. And it says, Give ear to my teaching. A very interesting uh, start of verses 1 this morning. Give ear to my teaching. What does that mean for them? And what does this mean for us this morning? And it says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. In other words, the author was reminding them, these are the things that we do. Okay? They know, in their context, they know very well what the author was saying. What about us this morning? What, does, what are possible things that we can learn from this this morning? If we say teach God's word, is it only in kids' church? Is it only during Sunday school? Is it only during service time that we teach the word of God? What does that mean to us? Now, it's very interesting for me because as I grow in my journey with God, the Word of God helps me in my journey and everything that I do. And I hope that this would just come as an encouragement for all of us this morning. You know, when we look at the Word of God, I'm looking at these things right here. When we teach God's Word, we impart faith to the next generation. How do we do that? How do we impart faith in the younger generation? Well, Romans would tell us, Romans 
would definitely tell us, 1017 I think it is, that we hear the word of God and faith comes from hearing His word. Right? So we impart faith. Now, how do you impart? For example, me and Sandra have a one and a half year old boy. A grandson. We don't have. We have a grandson. I am translating from my Tagalog to the English and did come out right. We have a grandson who's so one and a half years old. What does one and a half year old do in your understanding of the Word of God? Well, here's what we do. We look at the video calls almost every day. That's a date for us. And we pray the Word of God and we say, Lucas, the Word of God says He loves you so much. Now, whether Lucas is giving his ears or not, that's up to God. Right? But what we're trying to do is to communicate the Word of God to a one year and a half. And mind you, I heard of somebody told me as this. Maybe here or not here. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not sure. But I heard this. That at seven months old, the baby in the womb can actually start recognizing voices. So what if that is true, I don't recall when I was eight months old in the womb of my mom. And I, I, I tried to question that teaching because I don't know if I really heard. But if it's true, how much more for a year and a half? Right? So where do we start? Do we start and say, oh, wait na lang until, until he gets into seven years old, at least he understands English. You don't wait. By seven years old, there's so much competition already on the Word of God to your son. What do we do? We let the campus visionary teach our children. No, it will start from home. Right? I hope we understand that. That teaching the Word of God does not happen only here at church, but from home. How's our conversation at home? Maybe that's the reason why we have a hard time relating to our children. Now, Sandra and I also have a hard time relating to them. I can relate with you. There are seasons in your children that you just don't understand. Pastor John in our meeting asked, bro, how did you do it? And you know my response is, God is true. God is real. Okay talaga si God. That was my response. Because if it is us only, it was very difficult to pass on God's teaching to our children. But that does not mean we cannot. Now, my, this is kind of challenging for us here this morning. How do we teach God's Word? Do I need to study ENS first before I teach the Word of God to my children? By the time you graduate in ENS, your children are gone from home. You missed it. If you are parents this morning, and if you are planning to be a parent one day, my suggestion for you, and I would highly recommend, you teach the Word of God because when you do that, you impart faith to your children. What do we teach our children? Good manners and right conduct? Maybe you forgot the good manners and right conduct even at home. We teach God's word, nothing else. And we learn this from the Old Testament, from generation of the past. This is something that they have done. 
words passed on to their generation. Hey, pastor, in their generation, there is no phone. It's okay. Okay? It's okay. God will give us the grace to give us that opportunity. Do not even say, as you told us, eight seconds lang ang, ang span ng mga bata. Don't worry about what labels the generation has. Think, God, I want to teach your word to my children. Can you have that faith to believe God that the words that come, come out from your mouth, especially the scriptures, will land in the hearts of our children? Amen? Okay, Pastor. Amen, Patty. All right. Aris, okay ba, Aris? Ayan, si Aris, I just met earlier. I don't recognize his face because of this, but uh, at least I managed to say hello and I was surprised. Ah, yes, you are, Aris. We will not hide from dirt. We will not hide from them. We will not hide them from our children. Ah, we will not hide them from their children. There. We will not hide. Why did the author say this? We will not hide them from their children. He's talking, not my children, but their children. We will not hide. Is it possible that we are so focused on things and we forgot some very important things to communicate to the younger generation? It says, what are those things that we might hide from them? The glorious deeds of the Lord and His might. The wonders that He has done. Do you have those moments that you have an encounter with God? Sometimes we forget, no? Sometimes we forget. But let's tell them to the coming generation. That's, that's basically what it is. Sometimes... The next generation will wonder about the Word of God. I didn't really understand this word right there, Dad. It's okay, son. You remember when you were 12 years old, I was in this situation. You tell. Have you forgotten your experience on who God is? For them, in the Old Testament, what was so crucial for them was they were saved from slavery. They were released. There was freedom from slavery. Right? They have feasts to celebrate, to remind them of who God was and is and is to come. There are important things. In fact, you remember God provides manna for them. The story would tell us when, when they were released from Egypt, there was no food in the when in their journey, they were asking for food and there was manna. And you know what they did? They preserved manna. They put it in a jar. They put it where the, the people would see the jar and the manna. And when the children would ask, what is that? They would tell them of the stories of what happened in the past. Your experience today is so important on how God has been good to you today and you can share that to the coming generation. Make it practical for them. So we tell his wonders. I just 
capture the word wonders here. But there's more to tell. Not just his wonders, his might. Things about your experience of who God is. Let's pass them on to the next generation. Stories of how God has been good to all of us. I got saved in 1984 and I would keep telling my children, you know, this is how I started. The Lord was so good to me. He has saved me. I, I should have been dead by now if, the, it, if there was no God that I experienced. I would tell my children about how faithful God is when it comes to finances. When I was in school, we had, you remember Pastor John, our, our training before was 10 months. The, the, what is it called now? VLI, no. Our source, VLI, Victory Leadership Institute. What is it called now? ENLI, sorry. I forgot because I had great experience. I forgot. But going through the training that we have, my wife and I didn't have so much support. So one day, my wife said, Honey, we only have food until lunch. The rest, we don't know. And you are going to school. I just want you to know. So I went home and said, Lord, will this be the time to have fasting at home? I really don't know, but I'm following you. I'm, I know this is your will for me to be in this school. And lo and behold, my friend, Pastor Jonas, from Dagupan, was so excited to meet me that morning. Say, bro, I have two kilos of bangus from Dagupan. I have never told him that story until of recent years. About two years ago, I told him, you know, the Lord used you to provide for my family. And I would tell my children, you follow God. There are moments when you would be wondering where the next meal would come from. But if you follow God with all of your hand and give everything and say, Lord, you will provide. And you will have experiences like that. Fast forward to two years ago. We don't know where we would land. A lot of us face pandemic and say, this is the end of the world. If you will be honest this morning, some of you have these thoughts. I might not survive. I did. I I had a thought, I might, this, I might die. Especially when you line up to get food. Six hours in the grocery, that has never been done before. But the Lord protected us. We're here today. Let that virus pass through us. That's God's faithfulness in our lives. You're looking for something that is Something that you can go back and say and thank God for. What about the virus that just went through? The Lord protected us. You're here today. You're still surviving, aren't you? You might be counting the loss that you have. Yes, we have lost a lot. We have lost friends. Yesterday, just, we lost, some of us lost a good friend yesterday. And that's just part of it. But God remains faithful. We have stories to tell. So when our children today would go through series of decision making, I would only guide them based on and remind them of our experiences of who God is. Do not keep those stories 
share them to the next generation. I would tell them how Sandra fall in love with me when it comes to finding a husband and a wife. It's true, honey. Don't lie. This is the house of God. Right? Instead of looking at K-pop or K-drama for a love story, why don't you tell your story on how good God is in preserving you and putting you together? What stories do you think that would fit in this generation that you can relate? That's my assignment for you. Your journey today is something that would tell of God's might, of God's wonders to the next generation. It's important that we understand how, how these things work. This is not only for me. This is for you as well. Right, Flavio? Flavio, my friend, has got a great vision for his son. I'm not telling you that they're the ones we visited this week, last week. I'm just saying that I'm sure this man has a vision for his son. But more than just earning for his son, I want him to just say, Lord, thank you that you provided for me so I could pass this on to the next generation. You have stories to tell? Yes, right? Ed, do you have stories to tell? A lot of stories, both good and bad. Bad because you made the wrong decision. Good because God has given you grace and you survived. And you've allowed the word of God to hone you as a family. Now, if you look at my wife and I, honey, can you stand? This is my wife right here. She likes, she doesn't like this, and, but I like, I like to do this. Honey, you stand. You look at my wife. Look. Turn around, honey. Turn around, honey. That's my wife. Thank you. Just sit down. When you look at my wife, you think, wow, she, she looks 40 years old. And it's true. She looks 40. She doesn't look like she has a problem, right? You know why? She tells God what she doesn't like about me. And she tells me what she likes about me. All the time. There's a lot of things that she doesn't like about me. She tells God, God is bigger. And then she can relate that and pass that story on how to disciple younger generation and say, you don't like your husband? It's okay. I also don't like my husband. Stories you can tell. Right? No, really. Like is different from love. Right? Of course. Of course. But stories like that, that would help them understand that there is God in the middle of everything. Now, the end result of this, you can just tell the heart of God from the very beginning to the next generation. says that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise to tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. In these verses alone, there are at least four generations in these verses. I will not tell you which generation is what, but I think there are four generations here. I could be wrong. The idea of that the next generation will rise up and tell the next generation of who God is. 
so that their hope in God will be set. And my idea here is that our vision is for the next generation to set their hope in God. When the next generation does not put God in perspective, when the next generation does not see God for who He is, then their hope is on things not of God. But when we start discipling them and, and sharing with them about who God is and start giving them the word of God so that their faith will continue to rise up, then they will start realizing, ah, I can hope in who God is. There is hope in God alone. Not on my finances. Not on my direction in life. I know, Iris, bro, ikaw ngayon gagamitin ko dahil ikaw ang nakausap ko kanina. I asked him, do you have fear about your daughter going to to school as a medical student? You know, do you have this and that? I, I just asked that question because I want to When I, I want to hear what they think and what they feel about their children. Because if, if a family that does not have God, they might be thinking, oh, we create a little bubble here and we try to protect everybody. That's why the fences at homes, ang hahaba ng fence, ang lalaki ng fence. We don't want the people to come to our house. Psychologically, we have that invisible fence that we try. But that's not going to stop the enemy from coming in. What stops the enemy from coming in is having a perspective of who God is that He cares for our children as well. If you are concerned for your children, how much more for God? We care for our children, right? There's no one here that would say, I don't care for my children. I, we care. But this alone, caring for our children, It's not enough. Put God in the center and allow God to get involved with the younger generation at home. Amen? Now, to summarize, this is what I want to communicate here this morning. God's plan involves a multi-generational community that will teach God's word, tell His wonders so that the next generation will continue to put their hope in God. Tayo yun. It involves all of us. A community of believers. Because I cannot do it alone. When Pastor Ian is talking about his problem at home, and if he does it alone, I'm sure he will go crazy. So what does he do? Pastor Carlo, can we have coffee together? Yes, Pastor Ian, we will have coffee together. And drinking coffee, he tells me everything. And he says, bro, we will pray together. We will believe that God will solve your problem. Find someone who can have coffee with you. And not an invisible person alone that you talk to. You know, nakakatakot yun when you talk to someone and it's not God. You just talk to, your, to yourself. You should be scared when that happens to you. That's why in this church, we keep inviting you come to a victory group. Last Friday, I had a victory group face to face. This is the second time I was so excited. My wife knows because before 6 o'clock, I am so 
Ngayon, makaligo na ako. Naka- Before six, 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 kailangan by five o'clock, alis na ako ng bahay. In English, I'm just get, I am just excited with victory group. So when we met as men, we talk about experiences in the past. Ang saya, we talk about Guam, you know, one was from Guam, we talk about his experience in Guam, and then Alvin comes in and shares experience about, I don't know which country, because Alvin has been in different countries. And I just keep listening. It's like, wow, it's amazing. And we can tell stories. And then at the end, we talk about the Word of God. And then at the end, we talk about our concerns. And then we pray together. If you don't have that opportunity, you're not in a community. Join a victory group. If you're scared with a bigger group, talk to someone. Talk to a friend. We're here. We have leaders in this congregation that want to walk with you, journey with you. And so, this morning, I'd like just to communicate the heart that we have for the younger generation from the perspective of home to the campuses this morning. That's why we keep saying, we change the campus, we change the world. But it does not only change the campus per se. We start it from home. Let the campus ministry put the icing on what God's doing in their lives. Right? Instead of them digging all the problems, those campus missionaries cannot solve it. It starts with us right here at home. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.